Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right. How's everybody doing out there? It's so good to be able to do this and have this special emphasis today. You know, when we started the church many years ago, we had a reproducing vision from the get-go. We believe that living things multiply. And God gave us a vision statement to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups, that's house to house, and new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. And, and so it's that reproducing vision from the very beginning. And when we first started, you know, it was, it was worked out more as a vision to plant churches in the United States. That's where, what we saw at the beginning. And I mean, man, does the United States need church planning? Big time. Yes. You know, and the nations are here, big time. But what happened is we matured and grew as a church. We also got exposed. And I think that's an important word for us, mm. is exposure. That's part of the reason we do uh, these uh, short-term trips. And when people get exposed and they see people that have never heard the gospel, lives get impacted. Yeah. I know in my own personal life, w- one key moment for me, there's, there's been a number, but it was getting outside, going to Uganda, going to Siberia, going to see where new church plants were actually happening in these places. And, and I remember one time standing on a mountaintop in Iraq back during the war and being able to see five different towns and none of them, not one of them, had any kind of gospel witness in it at all to Jesus Christ. And it just, my heart was broken that day for the Persian Kurds. And I was like, wow, Lord, I, I want to be a part of helping to reach them. And so, you know, we all, there's so many testimonies. We're about to hear some of, of ways that our own hearts have been touched. But as a church, we want to be a, a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. And we don't want to send people over there somewhere to do something that we're unwilling to do right here. We want to be that multi-ethnic epicenter right here because that's what's here in Fort Worth. We want to reach the people of Fort Worth. And we also want to have an incubator kind of raising a, a place that will, you can really literally get raised up doing the stuff right here to go to other places and do it there. Because that's what this, that's, that's been our heart from the very beginning. And so we're going to share some about that. We want to be planted in community right here. And we also want to be planted in the nations. We think that's a key part of who we are in a, being a holistic church together. And so right now we're going to have a little panel discussion. I'm so proud of these guys. I love every single one of them. James Albright, handing off to you, man. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much, you guys, for being willing to be a part of this. We're excited to be able to have uh, this crew here together uh, to help us understand more about God's heart for the nations. Again, just like what Jamie was saying, I think this is so important for us to just be exposed to different ways that God's moving in the world. And so when we hear stories, when we hear these testimonies of what God's doing, then it builds our faith. It stirs us up and it stretches our capacity to understand more and then therefore to, to jump in in the way that he's calling us to. And so uh, really thankful for you guys. Thanks for taking time here today. Um, you know, our hope is that this, uh, this would encourage and show us a variety of different ways because each one of their stories are different. So my prayer is that as a church, we would see different ways that we can jump in on what God's doing in the nations. All right. So 
All right, so um, let's go ahead and get started. Well, let me introduce you guys first. I've got uh, our good, I've got all these guys are good friends, and this is my wife right here. So, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to introduce Laura to you guys. She serves on staff here with us. Ben Moss, our college pastor, and we got Will over here who is on staff with us as well. So, so thankful for you guys. All right, so let's start here with a question uh, that for all of you guys. So. Uh, Laura, why don't you get us going? How did God first stir your heart for the people of the nations, the nations of the earth? Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, my mother uh, directed nonprofit with those in need, both locally where I grew up in the Dallas area and um, serving those in need abroad. So I think that was cultivated at a young age. Mm. Um, but it, I really didn't um, get stirred about me actually going somewhere until I was in my late 20s. I was uh, either wrapping up or right outside of grad school. And I met with a handful of people um, who were college friends, um, who were kind of just over a dinner. Um, I don't even know that we planned to talk about it, but we were just talking about all the kind of dreams that we had had in college about serving God with our lives and how uh, we had happened to you know, get going into our various careers. I was a nurse and a counselor and had just finished or was wrapping up my internship in counseling and um, really saw that as a, a way of serving others. But um, it was just this divine conversation about, hey, I mean, we don't, we didn't have to do that right out of college, what's God calling us to. And we reached out to a bunch of our other college friends and it ended up being a time where we got together for several years. And that handful of people, I just was thinking about right before we came up, all of them are, are in leadership in, the, in our movement now. Um, some, another one of my dear friends here on staff and someone else is a lead pastor. Another couple is serving in the nations and out of the broader group, so many people are just serving in different ways. And many of them, uh, you know, they may be uh, bivocational and serving in different ways. So it looks different for all. Um, but it was really a divine, um, time of, of us being stirred to go serve. And then of course I happened to meet, um, my husband in CP school. So, um, so praying through, you know, what God was calling me to single look different than when it was, uh, you know, as you guys who are married know, when you pray alongside your spouse about what, what God is calling you to. So we perfectly discerned where the Lord was leading. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. Ben, would you share with us now? Yeah, absolutely. Laura, that seemed like a little shameless plug for the CP school. Maybe you will, you will meet, uh, just kidding. You might meet your, your spouse in the CP school. Do the CP school. It's a great thing. Uh, well, hey, I could go all the way back to Sunday school when I was little bitty, and we sing this song, He's got the whole world in his hands. And as funny as it sounds, I remember thinking to myself when I was seven years old, God has the whole world in his hands. Like he doesn't just have my little Sunday school class in his hands, but he loves everybody. And there was something inside of me, I think when I was seven, that just got planted in me like I'm made to take this message beyond myself and beyond my little world to other people who have never had the opportunity to hear. So all you Sunday school teachers, way to go. Yeah. Uh, it works. Yeah. Uh, second thing, uh, I remember when I was in college, I was at a, a college service at Antioch and Waco, and uh, this guy named Carl Gulley got up, and uh, he had this whiteboard, and uh, he put two different verses on the whiteboard. Uh, the, the top verse was Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go and make disciples of, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then the bottom verse was Matthew 24, 14, which says, and this gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth, and then the end will come. 
And then he looked out across the audience, and everybody's kind of locked in, like, why is he doing this? And he said, you know what you and I are called to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And he said, you and I are called to fill this gap. The gap between Matthew 28, 19 and 20, and Matthew 24, 14. And I remember when he said that, James, there was something inside of me that just unlocked and said, that's the bigger vision that I'm looking for. Like all of us are looking to give ourselves to something that's bigger than ourselves. And when Carl said that, man, I just went, I don't care what it takes. I'm in. Because this message is worth being shared all over the world. So good, Ben. So good. Thanks for sharing, man. So, Will, uh, what about you? What first began to stir your heart for the nations? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, I grew up in a suburb of Dallas where everyone looked the same. They all were like me, all white, um, upper class, which was great. There was a great foundation, but I lacked the exposure like Jamie was Mm. talking about. And so for me, getting out of that area, going down to Baylor and getting exposed to different areas started broadening my view on things. But what really struck it for me is, you know, I grew up in the church, but somehow I missed that this whole thing is actually about a relationship with Jesus and not just putting my trust in him as Lord and Savior. And as I started falling more in love with Jesus as a friend, I started getting his heart for things. And I started getting exposed to different things here and there of, you know, workers coming in to college services, workers just hearing their heart and hearing them talk about places that had never heard. This wasn't just people that had heard that said, I don't want that. This were people that had never had a chance to hear. And then I remember after graduating college, I went on a impact trip to a country in Southeast Asia with a bunch of friends. And we saw a little church form there. We saw people hungering for community and it started getting me realized this really is about a relationship. And I wanted to do whatever I could to see people have an opportunity to enter into that relationship with Jesus. I love that. I love that. So good, Will. Thanks for sharing that. So, so I want to just keep pulling some stuff out. Of, so I'm going to ask each of you guys a, an individual question here. So Ben, you know, you spent a, a lot of your summers uh, in your college years in graduate school uh, going overseas. You, you took advantage of that, those windows of time to, to go overseas and jump in with what Antioch was doing in the nations uh, with our long-term teams. And so how would you say that, that those experiences shaped you here now as a leader, as a follower of Jesus? How did it shape your heart? What, what, is, what, are the results, uh, what have the results been? Wow. (laughs) Uh, So much. Uh, It would probably take hours, uh, but I have two minutes. All right. So, uh, you know, uh, a couple things. Well, I guess in order to shape that, I want want to just tell a brief little story. Uh, I remember my my freshman year, I went on my first awakened mission trip, and we went to, to Edinburgh, Texas. And uh, we were in the, the yellow school bus, uh, which we, for every reason, we took those, uh, getting ready to go on our, our first outreach. And I remember uh, sitting in the bus and just shaking. I mean, I was so nervous. They're like, we're going to go out and talk about Jesus. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No way am I going to go out and talk about Jesus. And then they said, we're going to take a moment, we're going to pray, and we're going to ask the Lord for wisdom if he wants to highlight anything when we go out and share the gospel. So we're praying, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, what is it, you know, what are we doing? And this picture pops in my mind of this little boy in a red shirt holding a football. 
And I thought, no way that could be God. You know, that, that's just a picture. And then the leader said, okay, everybody, we're going to go around and share. So everybody goes around and shares. I don't share because I don't think it's God. Well, God has a sense of humor, right? So I come out of the bus, I turn the corner, and sure enough, the first person that I lock eyes with is a little boy in a red shirt holding a football. And I just felt like the presence of God came in that moment and said, Ben, I want you to, you know, go talk with this, this boy. So turns out, after an hour-long conversation, we threw the football for about 50 minutes uh, of the hour, uh, that boy gave his life to Jesus. And it was... Uh, this is the first person I'd ever led to the Lord. And when I left that experience, James, there, there, there was three things that I remember that have totally shaped my, my walk with the Lord. And, and the, the first one is that if God could use me, God could use anybody. I mean, I was literally like quivering uh, in the school bus, and God broke through my fear and he was present, and he moved, and the Holy Spirit moved and spoke through me. And it was like, this is not up to me. And that, that just set me free in my walk with God. It's not about me. It's just all about him and how he wants to use me as, as, as his vessel. Uh, the, the second thing that I feel like I walked away from that time was, I'm made for this. Like, there is no greater joy than talking about Jesus. When I'm sharing about him, there is something that unlocks inside of me as a believer that just goes, this is my purpose. Like, this is my calling in life. You know, in the Old Testament, there were uh, images that would be created of different idols. And so people often ask, you know, why uh, are followers of Jesus, are Christians, why do we not need to have an idol or an image of our God? The answer is because we're it. We are created to be image bearers of him and expressing his love and extending it all over the world. And in that moment when I was 19 years old, something unlocked and said, when I'm bearing his image and sharing his love, there's no greater joy than I could be possibly walking in. And then the last thing I realized that has totally transformed is just that God is speaking that he is alive and well in speaking today, that he wants to bring wisdom and, you know, that little word of knowledge that I felt like God dropped in my mind in that time. Uh, you know, people say, well, how do you know God speaks to you? Well, the scripture says that we're created in the image of a hearing and speaking God. So why would God create us with the ability to hear from him and then not speak to us? That would be baloney. Uh, the Greek of that would be blogna, all right? Uh, that... That just, that just wouldn't work. And I realized in that one little moment, God wants to speak to me personally. And so every morning now I wake up and I go, God, what do you want to say? From that little moment there in Edinburgh, Texas. Wow. wow. So good. Thanks for sharing that. That is powerful. I love the little invitations, the way that he invites us in and gives us that confidence that, hey, I've got you covered. We're going we're gonna to do this. All right. Okay. So, so Laura, we're going to shift here to you. So, you know, you bring, uh, you've got a unique perspective here of having both the overseas experience. We, we spent time overseas as well as supporting our international efforts here locally. So why, um, you know, if you could just share about how uh, you've been able to contribute to what God's doing uh, in those different seasons of life, through with kids, family, and also just with your own unique gift set and how, uh, how you felt like you've been able to contribute to what God's doing in the nations. Um, well, it, it's looked different in different times. And I was thinking this morning about how um, 
you know, some of the way it's looked different had more to do with my season of life than maybe geography. Mm. Um, because, you know, as a believer, we're called to love God and love others. And so that looks similar. Of course, there's cultural barriers or ling- linguistics or barriers or things like that. And we want to, we, you know, part of our um, kind of philosophy was to learn language and to acculturate and things like that. But as a young mother, you know, when we went over without kids, we had more time uh, when, during seasons of having babies that looked different. But I think what, what I want to say for me that maybe I didn't know going in, but in retrospect is just seeing how God used the season I was in every time that there were people that I couldn't have reached otherwise, you know, at the playground with kids, we would, run into people we never would have run into when we were a couple without kids. And, um, you know, I, I have a different amounts of time now that I have, my kids are older, but that the Lord used that. And even in just, uh, you know, when we served overseas, uh, whether it's with a stroller or just walking through the neighborhood and prayer walking and interceding for the country where we served, um, or, uh, investing, discipling women or investing in um, women leaders there, um, which is some of the things that we do here, um, that uh, God weighs nothing. And I, I think, you know, one thing I wanted to say was that, you know, I'm, my, I would never have identified myself as someone with a primary um, evangelistic gifting, although I have learned how to share my faith and I'm, I was stretched in my younger years, I continue to be stretched in that um, now. Um, but I've seen God show up in ways like Ben was talking about, where it just wasn't me, and I didn't have to do much. I mean, I, I'm extroverted, and I can connect with people, but what is that without the Holy Spirit? But when the Holy Spirit drops something in and you go, I remember here uh, in church life going and you know, at Hewland Mall sharing, and the Lord led me to this woman, and it, like immediately she just started weeping. I mean, that's it was God. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have known that the, that she was so sensitive and ready. Yeah. But what what I would say is, you know, I, I'm with my background in you know nursing and counseling and things like that. Um, I would have never known that the Lord was going to use my overseas experience to be able to help kind of inform what I do now um, with our workers, but also in the local church. And he just, he wastes nothing of our background and our education and our life season. And we are all needed. I mean, there's, there's a place for us all to serve and and God's uh, move on the earth. And um, I love how we're, we are diverse body and yet we need one another. Um, We can't go about this alone. And as a, as a church family, um, God has a unique calling on each of our lives, but we also need one another to be able to walk it out. So, um, so good. anyway, there so you go. good. Awesome. So good. So will, you know, a question here for you kind of in a similar way, you, you didn't necessarily have it in your mind that you were going to go to the nations as you were developing career path and thinking about your future and walking through those college years. That wasn't necessarily what was going on in your mind. So what, what happened? What changed and, and why? Yeah, uh, similar to how Ben joked about God having a sense of humor, I, I jokingly <laughs> say, I'm living proof God's got a sense of humor. I am the least likely person to be called to the nation that I was um, for various reasons. But I think it, it goes back to, to relationship. You know, the more that I fell in love with Jesus and I started getting his heart for the thing, the more I realized that it's not about me. It's not about my preferences. It's not about my wants or desires, although God does care about that. We're called to surrender everything to him. And 
I just started learning the simple thing, which we talk about all the time here, just obey the next thing that God has called you to do. And so, you know, I was senior year of college, everyone's freaking out of like, what job am I going to do? And I, I was just hungering to know God more. Like, I just was like, I want to know God more. I'm called to, I felt called to be a business guy. I had no idea in what, but it's like, I just want to do the D school, fall more in love with Jesus and be a better Christian businessman, whatever that means. Um, you know, had the American dream, get married, have 1.8 kids or whatever, dog, white picket fence and all that stuff, you know, but I said yes to the D school because I felt that was God leading me and I just wanted to know Jesus more. But in that D school, in that D school year, God just started, you know, unlocking a heart for the nations like I talked about earlier. And, you know, I was just praying and on the outreach, we did an outreach overseas to the country that I ended up being called to, and I fell in love with the place. And I knew that, that wasn't me. Because yeah. in the natural, there was nothing about this country that I naturally would love how God would wire me. But as I got God's heart, yeah. I, got, I, I said yes. And I was like, okay, I will say yes to this. And I, God did a work in me where I didn't allow fear of the unknown to, to, deter, to stop me from going. I didn't worry about what my parents would think. I didn't worry about what community would think. I didn't worry the fact that I was single, um, but I said yes. And I knew that this was a season where it would be easier to say yes. I was single, you know, didn't have any possessions, easy to go, debt free, thank you mom and dad. Uh, but just, I was in a season to say yes. And so I just said yes to the next thing. And then as I was there for eight years, I just fell in love with that country, the people, God's heart for that country. And my encouragement to all of you is just don't let fear hold you back. If you're single, God can do amazing things and bring you a spouse while you're overseas. I left single and came back married with a kid. So if that's any fear, don't let that be, don't let that fear stop you to saying yes to whatever God's calling you to. It's good. It's good, Will. Yeah, thank you. I'm just hearing, just, you know, responding to the invitation. He's creating opportunities. The gifting is that the, he uses all things. He needs, God needs the body of Christ and then saying yes to Jesus in the moment, just to the next thing that he's calling us to do. It's powerful. It's powerful. Okay, so last question here, guys. So uh, just to wrap us up here. So, um, and, and, uh, and we'll just, we'll do the, we'll go the opposite way this time. We'll go, Will, we'll have you start. So uh, what are some ways that, that just that you would say to us as a church, how can we jump in as a community into what God's doing in the nations of the earth right here in Fort Worth? Yeah, you know, similar to what James said, we're all called, and Ben mentioned it, we're all called, to fill that gap between Matthew 28, 18 through 20 and Matthew 24, 14. For some people, God is calling to go overseas. For most people watching this, we're not called to go long-term overseas. But I just want to encourage you that we can all pray, we can all give, and we can all go. Yeah. And I just want to say the unreached are here in Fort Worth. The nations are here. I heard a testimony of a, a friend that is in Fort Worth, loving Jesus, and she was reaching out to people, ministering to people. She knew this person was from a different nation. And she asked, what unreached pe what people group are you from? 
And this person told the people group, and my friend looked into it and was realized this person was part of one of the most unreached people groups in all the earth, yeah. right here in Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's be a community that prays, that gives, yeah. and that goes. Yeah. We all can do that. Yeah, it's good, Will. It's good. Okay, Ben, same question. That's good. That was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's a good word. I actually want to tag on to one thing that you said earlier about saying yes. I mean, that, that is huge. I, I think that God is looking less and less for gifted people, yeah. and he's looking more and more for people who just want to say yes to the next thing that he puts in front of us to do. You know, we, we ask for revival to come, come, come. I think revival, the seed of revival, is just a yes in our hearts to what Jesus is saying. So um, one, one other thing. So uh, I was overseas about a month ago. And, uh, you know, sometimes you go overseas and God reminds you of your calling here and what he's doing here in the U.S. And I was talking with one of our, our missionaries overseas, and they were describing to me this incredible move of God that's happening right now in the Muslim world. And I said, tell me a little bit more about that. How's that happening? And he said, well, interesting you ask, because there was a study that was recently done uh, that found that the top two reasons Muslims were coming to faith, number one, was they were reading the scriptures and realizing that Jesus is who he says he is. And I thought, oh, that's easy. I could come back here and I can read the Bible with somebody. You know, uh, the word of God is, is true. We can depend on it and we can see Jesus through the scriptures. And uh, so that was number one. Number two, this is one that really impacted me. He said it was the way that Christians were treating them. Wow. He said that they were so radically loving them wow. that Muslims were starting to ask, what is that love inside of you? Where is that coming from? That There's no way that's a worldly love. That, that's something else. That's something supernatural. And I thought, oh, my goodness. The, you know, there's that old hymn that we used to sing, they'll know we're Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we're Christians by our love. I'm like, I can love the person in front of me. I can do that. I can come back to the States, and I can just, whatever that looks like, I can love them well. Uh, and, you know, a, a good example of this um, Three weeks ago, um, I walked out into our, our front yard, and uh, uh, my wife's mom had accidentally punctured through a water line uh, at our house. And so I walked out there, and I realized, you know, the whole thing was messed up. And a couple days later, uh, I walked back out there, and the whole thing had been rewired and redone. And I look over at my neighbor's house, and on the truck, it says Wedgwood Sprinkler System. And I realize, I think my neighbor has just repaired my whole sprinkler system. And I go out to him and I said, hey, Chewy. Uh, I said, Chewy, did you do this? He said, yeah, of course I did. I said, what do you mean? Like, how much can I pay you? He said, oh, don't pay me anything. That's what neighbors are for. And I thought, you know, the way that I engage with the nations is by learning from Chewy and just loving my neighbor. And if I just love the person that's next to me, who knows how heaven could touch earth yeah. right where I'm living. Yeah. Awesome. So good, Ben. Thank you. Yeah. And Laura, so what about you? Just what's the role of the church in all of this? How can we participate in this with what God's doing? I think one thing is also just realizing rather than just like, hey, what can you do or what can we do is more like, what do we get to do? Like how... Um, it's still a mystery to me about how the Lord goes about his kingdom purposes on the earth through us and how he, humbling that is that 
He's God. He could do anything, but yet he chooses to use us. And um, I think it's so important for us and for those of us that are parents as we're trying to stir up the heart of God and our kids is that, um, you know, yes, there are things that we can do that we want to encourage doing, but like, it's not like you go when you go and serve that you're just serving. He's doing miracles in you in the process. It's not, he's so big. It's not just one thing. It's like you and them. And so I I just say that more to say, may the Lord ignite us as he all, as he's drawing us all into our calling and divine purposes, whether that's in your workplace here and and things like that. And yes, we want to be a people that, that pray, like we are interceding, like God, give us our, your heart for our neighbor um, and for the city and the nation and the nations. And, and we've got creative ways that you could pray for people groups and, and help your children have a, a, a worldview, you know, that's big. It's a God view of, of, of this world. It's so important. And, and as, as your kids are praying for some of our workers' kids, and that makes it really practical. Like it's not just somebody so far away, but th- this is somebody who they've probably gone to you know, class with or things like that. So praying, uh, prayer walking, um, praying for our workers and carrying them in that way, giving of our resources in a way. I mean, it's so life-giving to be able to see, okay, we are impacting this work in the nations through uh, generosity and being um, given to others and given to the nations and and going. And I, I just can't emphasize enough, even for those of us who may be called to stay, I mean, we took our kids on a, we led a, a, a overseas trip that was just an impact trip out of a week, um, I don't know, a few years ago, and it marked our kids in the best way. And, and two of our kids were born abroad. They were all born in the years that we served abroad, but um, but them going more recently while they lived here, it matters. And it matters because we're cultivating part of that aspect of the heart of God for his people, yeah. um, not just people that look like him, right. but crossing borders for that. And I would just say one last thing is just supporting, like mm-hmm. pray, give, go, and support. And that can look a lot of different ways, through hospitality, through um, through things like, you know, welcoming back our workers, yeah. through, you know, a lot of our workers, they're, they're um bivocational or they use different platforms where your experience as a business person or a teacher or um, a nurse or you can you know speak into things that are going to help them thrive in the way that they serve in the nations and that we need everybody it's not just people called to to full-time vocational ministry we have we need it all we are a diverse body and we need the the diverse giftings that our body represents for us to fulfill the call of God that he has on our church for the nations. So um, I could go on for a while, but I'm going to stop there. I love it. So good. Okay. Well, you guys give it up for our panel here, for Laura, Ben, and Will. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this today. Hearing your stories was powerful for us as a people. So Yeah, we want to go ahead and respond. We want to respond to what the Lord's doing here in this time. I just... You know, as they were sharing their stories, I was thinking about and just remembering there was a time uh, recently, speaking of Laura, talking about our uh, kids being marked by God's heart for the nations. And my oldest daughter and I, all right, here we go. (laughs) My oldest daughter and I got the chance to go on a trip to South America, to a nation South America, and work together with a church that we as a community partner together with. 
And we went up into the, into the Andes Mountains on this kind of excursion and with the, with the group and worshiped together in this little village on the side of a mountain I had never been on. It was hidden in the shadow. I mean, it's just, it's a, another part of the world. Um, but here we were in this little church in this community gathered together where people had shared. And so this community was there, this church was there. And they began to worship in their language. And I just began to weep because it sounded like heaven. And then we began to minister to people there and, and they were hungry. They were so hungry for God. We just prayed and, and you know, we couldn't even, we tried to get as many translators as we could, but there was just this heavenly environment there of the Spirit of God moving as we prayed for people and they prayed for us. It was a powerful moment, again, that marked us. And that's, you know, if I could say anything, I would say, you know, no matter what you're, you feel called to do, my encouragement to us is to take a next step. To whether it's, I mean, I feel called to pray more for the nations, for what we're doing in the nations, then we've got ways to do that. We've got, I feel called to give, then we have ways to do that. I feel called to go. I want to, I want to, I've never been, or I've only been on one trip. Well, we have opportunities for that. And, and the, it's not about us. This is about us getting God's heart for the nations. This is not about what, just what Antioch Fort Worth is doing. This is about us as disciples, growing as followers of Jesus, getting his heart for what he's doing right here in our city and around the world. Because his heart beats for people. Beats for people. All right, so just where you're at, wherever you're at right now in your living rooms or wherever you're at, go ahead and stand up. We're just going to respond here. Just take a couple minutes. We don't want to just hear the word. We want to we want to act on it. So I'm just going to you know, just encourage you just to close your eyes and I'm just going to ask you to just ask the Lord a couple of questions here. I'll give you these questions. Father, I pray right now you would speak all across. Everybody who can hear my voice, Lord, that you would speak to every single heart right now. So just ask the Lord this simple question. Father, what's my next step in participating with you and your heart for the nations? What's my next step? just another follow-up question here. Just one more. Father, is there a nation that you want to just put on my heart right now that you want me to pray for or to give towards or to go to? Is there a nation that you want to put on my heart right now? Father, would you speak in the name of Jesus? Father, we thank you for these testimonies that we heard today. We thank you, God, that you have invited us 
to partner with you in what you're doing. You have invited us to be a house of prayer for all nations. You have invited us to be a people who are generous of heart, who are giving of themselves finances, resources, energy, time, service. Lord, you have invited us to jump in with you in what you're doing right here in our city and around the world. God, thank you for that. And we thank you, God, that you've invited us to go, that you said to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. God, we want to walk in this with you. We can't do it alone, but we thank you, Lord, that in that, in the Great Commission, you said that I am with you, that I'm with you. And even the testimonies that we heard here today, we just heard it again and again, that we can't do it on our own. We need you. We thank you, God, that you are with us. We thank you that you are with us. And so as we go, Lord, that's the good news as well, that you are Emmanuel. You are the one who is with us, and that's our message as well, that you are the one who is with us as a people, the people, just nations of the earth, and you've come to us. We thank you for that good news this, mor this morning. Lord, we pray that you'd give us courage to say yes to the next thing that you've called us to do. And in this moment here as we listened or even as we reflect here in the, the hours and days ahead, Lord, would you give us courage to say yes, to walk forward in what you've called us to. We thank you, Lord, for all the ways that you're blessing us. And we want to then, therefore, be a blessing to the nations. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So church, go be blessed. You have been blessed to be a blessing to the nations of the earth. Go in peace. Have a wonderful Sunday. Happy Sunday, Antioch. We'll see you later.